presented by Baseline Times Media. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Shooter Pass Podcast, your NBA exclusive podcast from Baseline Times. I am your host once again, Cheval, and I'm joined by one and only Mr. Mario. How you doing today, Demario? Happy New Year, my friend. We're in 2018. Yo, yo, what up, bro? Man, I'm excited. Uh, you know, I ended last year extremely sick. Uh, I, I got you know okay actually on the 31st so i was happy uh you know that i you know brought the new year you know i wasn't you know too sick but uh yeah man i mean i'm happy to be breathing out of my nose correctly and not too many snot <laughs> bubbles and whatnot so <laughs> oh boy you know, you know we got some nba basketball man i mean that's what i'm most excited about right now oh yeah we got the first few months over and now it's really starts to get a little a little more interesting man and uh you know speaking of interesting uh isaiah thomas suited up for the first time in the Cavaliers jersey in 2018. Uh, so we'll get into those details here, talk a little bit about uh, some of our expectations, predictions for 2018 until June for the rest of the season here. And also, uh, DeMario and myself will talk about a little bit uh, into our all-star picks. Uh, it's the starting five. I'm sure that'll be a little interesting there, considering how the way things are going out east and west. Um Mario, how is uh, your 2018 going so far? What what have you accomplished in the first three days of 2018? Man, you know what? I've accomplished everything that I said I was. I always like to hit the ground running and just get like a lot of work emails out of the way. A lot of a lot of <laughs> like you know like a lot of like photo shoots, a lot of right podcasts. Like I like to try to stay as busy as possible when the new year hits. Uh, for me, January is also like that time to where. I like rest up, you know, like I like I always, you know, I never drink in January. I never party in January. Uh, it's wow, not like facts. a resolution. It's not like a resolution. I just, I, I, you know, like I just noticed myself like I always end the year like traveling, partying, doing so much to where January comes and I'm exhausted. And I always find myself having to be like the Super Bowl is always like my first drink in like a month. And I'm usually like blacked out seeing karaoke <laughs> in some random ass bar. So. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty much it. Like January is when I like, you know, I hit the gym extremely hard. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, I watch a lot of basketball. Like a lot of people don't realize with me, I, I, I pay attention to basketball for the first couple of months because of fantasy and whatnot, but I really don't watch too much basketball. Like I'll, you know, I'll turn on NBA TV and the, a few games will be in the background and a few things will be, you know, and I keep a you know, I keep, you know, I keep up to like, oh, okay. You are like, you know, Giannis is killing, Kevin Love is killing, but I really don't get focused and set until like January. Or so that's when I always find myself watching a lot of the games. I feel like it heats up for not only the players, but also the fans and whatnot as well. I, th- I think, I think you're right, especially because we have NFL, you know, teams only in the playoffs. So that will trickle down to a Super Bowl game and, February 4th, and then we've got um, college basketball. March Madness gets kind of excited, you know, a couple of months. So, yeah, we got the NBA to kind of blow us over, man, next couple months here. And then um, before you know it, it'll be playoff times. So, yeah. absolutely. I agree with that, man. It's, it's our time to really kind of focus in here. And, uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and start you guys off with a 2018 episode here. Um, so, tomorrow, uh, Isaiah Thomas returned last night uh, for the Cavaliers. Um, he did go ahead and – Score 17 points in 19 minutes, I believe. Here is we look up, look up, take a look at the box score. Um, and I mean, he really was off and running with that second unit there. Um, you know, shooting the ball 60, uh, 50% from the field. Uh, he you know chipped in with three assists there, of course. 
Um, they'll get back in the swing of things, but I mean, beyond IT, one of the things to kind of you know stay a little bit on top of the Cavaliers is that I've noticed that Bron's chilling on the bench, dude, in the fourth quarter. These guys are making runs to come back or just put the game away without Bron. That's huge. It's really for huge me, for year 15. For me, Tyron Lou, he deserves a lot more credit than he should. He's doing what a lot of coaches haven't really done. I don't know because they because they haven't had the luxury. Uh, but like I I feel like, and I said this in the beginning, this team's two biggest acquisitions was Jeff Green and um Jay Crowder. The reason why I say that is because they both play the positions that LeBron plays. Jeff Green's a really good basketball player. Like he's people forget, like, you know, what's his name? Presty out in OKC. He drafts extremely well. Jeff Green's a product of that. You know, Jeff Green, they had a good quote for him last time. They said he's a guy that can do everything, but he's not really great at one thing. Because there's right. some games to where I'll watch Jeff Green. Like last night, for instance, he was like 0 for 5, but he yeah. was 10 for 12 from the line. But he also had five assists, <laughs> right. four rebounds, great defense. He was plus 24. He had the highest, you know, a plus minus on the team. And with a guy like Jeff Green and with a guy like Jay Crowder, what that helps is that helps for LeBron. That helps him sit on the bench. That helps him rest. Like, yeah, we know he's year 15. Yeah, we know, like, LeBron is this, you know, guy that we've never seen before in year 15. But at the same time, it's very smart to be getting him that much-needed rest. And the great thing about, you know, Isaiah Thomas coming back and once they kind of get him back to the swing of things, he's going to be able to take over that second unit. I think people forget how dominant Isaiah Thomas was last year as far as, like, his fourth quarter scoring, right, right. as far as his third quarter scoring, and just how dominant he is in general. I mean, I expected for him to come in and shoot the ball extremely bad last night. I, I have him on my fantasy team. I stashed him. I was expecting, like, a three for 18 shooting performance. I was expecting something really bad. And I look up, and I'm like, wow, he's running with this second unit as if he's been playing with them for a while. And – it's going to be extremely interesting when you can have LeBron sit on the bench and you can have Isaiah Thomas and Dwayne Wade, you know, in that second unit with like a Jeff Green and, you know, uh, like a Tristan Thompson, Absolutely. And, you know, like Kyle Korver. So it's going to be extremely interesting. You know, if they can get J.R. Smith to be – I mean, J.R. Smith this whole year has been like so bad. Like I don't know what – I don't know if he's not drinking enough Hennessy. I don't know if he's not sliding <laughs> into enough DMs. But my boy J.R., he just hasn't looked like – jr smith from years past and they can get jr to ball because in my opinion kevin love is having his most complete season uh it's going to be very very interesting you know come playoff time and i guarantee you know they'll be able to you know challenge you know the mighty warriors uh you know for another championship i know we talked about this uh, especially watching the game yesterday jay crowder uh was one of my like biggest you know compliments that i thought to this team and pick up it was, you know, last night he was four from eight from the three-point line. I mean, he was just in the right spots at the right time and just knocking that three down, which is like an added bonus, in, in my opinion. You didn't really need him to come out and do that, but it's like, wow, even if you can bring that to the table and defend, alleviate LeBron a little bit, it's the sky's the limit for the team. I think a lot of support, a big a big improvement. And it's funny because we're kind of scratching our heads this offseason, like how do the Cavaliers improve? You know, where they're going to have to give up. They can't sign anybody and throw some money at anybody. But they they definitely worked the trade wire there. Uh, this Isaiah Thomas or Kyrie deal was looking pretty sweet. Um, You know, yeah. adding in Wayne Wade, absolutely. Why not? And then you still got your shooters, Kyle Corver, Jeff Green can knock down. As long as, like you said, J.R. Smith can come around 
And shout out to Kevin Love, man, adapting to the center position. I yeah, think Kevin that was Love. The biggest question mark coming into the season. This helped them so much. Like Kevin Love being able to adapt to the center position, and he looks like. I mean, he's, you know, my opinion, having his most complete season. He looks like, he looks like he's finally comfortable. Remember, I think it was like year two or probably year three when Chris Bosh looked completely comfortable when he had just made that full transition over. And like, you know, that's the way, you know, my boy Love is looking right now. I mean, he just, he's hitting the shot. He's way more comfortable. He doesn't like, I want to say last year, like every single game I watched him play, he looked like he was out there getting bullied. Like he looked like he was like not a NBA champion, not a multiple time all-star, not a guy who, you know, dominated in Minnesota. He always looked like he was unsure of like what he's accomplished. But this year he looks like, like, you know, he's playing with that swagger. Like sometimes I'll watch Clay Thompson play and I'm like, damn, Clay Thompson can be one for 17 shooting, but he has that swagger of I'm a fucking champion. And I feel like finally, like, you know, uh, I was going to say Chris Brown. I don't know why the hell I was going to say Chris Brown. <laughs> Finally, Kevin Love is out there playing like, yo, like I'm a champion. You know, I, you know, I'm demanding respect and you guys have to respect me. And he's hitting his you know, shot as well. I mean, he's having a great season. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the Cavaliers only, you know, trailing the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors two games um, for the first place. Uh, the first place season out in the East. I mean, you know, they're still hanging around there, but I think they're pretty content where they're at. Um, I don't think we'll see another January like last year. And even even so, what the hell does it matter? The team made the playoffs in, in June, right up there with the Warriors, you know, round three. <clears throat> Remember the question with January. So uh, I think they went through a lot of early street season struggles. A few new faces had to, you know, think about putting the weight and have them come off the bench. So, I mean, you know, looking at this situation here, I would, I would say Cleveland's on the upswing. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, for me, I always say, like, the NBA and everything, you know, it really gets hot around this time. I remember that year when the Atlanta Hawks were supposed to be good, and that year when, the like, the Rapsters were supposed to be good, and that, you know, every single year, people, they get so excited with, like, this November, December basketball, and it doesn't matter. Like, every single year, like, but here's the deal. We live in a world to where, in November and December, when LeBron teams start off slow, we talk about how the Chicago Bulls, the Atlanta Hawks, Milwaukee Bucks, Indiana Pacers, all these teams are a threat, and the East is so much stronger. And then when LeBron runs through the East in the playoffs, and the East is weak, and the East has all these bad teams and, you know, all these things. Like right now, the East, they have more teams that are over 500 than the West. Incredible. It's, the East are playing yeah. a lot better. But we have this fascination, this obsession with, like, hating and discrediting LeBron. Like, it just is. Like, you know how many times I'll be at a bar and I'll ask a Michael Jordan fan? I'll ask him. I'll be like, you know, because usually, like, people, everybody hates Tom Brady, right? So I always just throw out. I'm like, hey, remember when Matt Castle, you know, went 11 to 5 with those? Yeah, Tom Brady's a system guy. He's a system. He ain't shit. And I'll be like, hey, remember when, you know, uh, the Bulls won 67 games and they won the title? Yeah, man, fuck yeah, three-peat, four-peat, six-peat. Remember the following year when they won 65 games and were a shot away from getting to the championship without the greatest player of all time? And, they, and then it's crickets. Like, nobody wants to – like, I'm like, wow, isn't it like, you know, you kind of, like, say these things. People don't – oh, no, no. But, see, that's the thing is that because – no, I'm just saying, like, you know, but – you know, we hate LeBron so much to where in November, December, these these basketball games matter so much. And it's like, ah, oh, the East is so right. good. 
And then all of a sudden when the playoffs come, the East is terrible and he has this easy route to the finals every single year from the same people who said that the Atlanta Hawks and the Toronto Raptors were going to beat them. By the way, shout out to the Raptors. They're balling hard. I don't put too much stake in the Raptors because come playoff time, Lowry and DeRozan are trash. Like it just, it just is what it is. Like, I mean, until they ball in the playoffs, especially Lowry, until Lowry balls in the playoffs, I just can't take that guy serious, like at all. Agreed, agreed. Um, and just to kind of wrap up some of the IT talk here, especially, you know, um, <clears throat> I, I'm definitely looking for him to kind of get into that, uh, you know, starting role eventually and really start taking off, man. It's, I think it's just beautiful that a lot of scoring um, attention can go on onto him and he kind of just do his thing. We said this before the season. The guy's going to get looks. I mean, LeBron demands so much attention. LeBron knows how to find his teammates, but it's kind of crazy just seeing you know IT find him down low. I believe you know it was uh, second quarter found him or you know right under the basket, and LeBron puts it up. I mean, that's going to be beautiful to watch. You know, that's the one thing I like about Isaiah Thomas. Definitely, I feel like he's a better passer than Kyrie Irving. Better, you know, ball IQ and understands where his teammates are in a system where you have LeBron demanding attention and also making some of the similar passes. Uh, I don't know. I, I really kind of like, I like, I like the tray at that. I feel, I feel Cleveland might have won on their side. And, you know, obviously the Celtics won with their, you know, their side. I think it was, it's working out beautiful for, for both teams, honestly, man. Yeah. I mean, what I like the most about it is like when they have that pick and roll, IT is like a great finisher. He's not as great as a finisher as Kyrie. Right. But I feel like IT runs the pick and roll more smoother than Kyrie. So, when they run that pick and roll and when you have like Kevin Love running it and you have LeBron like on the wing, you can either kick it to LeBron on the wing and he slashes in or IT can just, you know, take it in himself or you give it to Love on the smaller point guard. So it's going to be like, you know, their offense like for sure is going to pick up. And obviously, you know, on the defensive end, you know, it's something to where they're going to have to cheat certain defenses. But it's always good because you always have that guy who's not a complete shooter that guy who's not really like you know i mean it he'll kind of do what steph's been doing for years and just kind of guard the last man standing <laughs> you know like right right know, like you know much like you know Kyrie in a sense too uh so it'll be interesting i'm interested to see how that second unit runs because like there's always in every lebron team there's always a drop off whenever he sits down but when you have a guy like it who can go out there and get busy it's going to be extremely extremely fun to watch yeah, and a lot of kudos to the Cavaliers' defense. I think that's came a long way since the beginning of the season. And then, you know, keeping them in games as well. Uh, they're getting turnovers. They're taking advantage of the fast break. Um, they're off and running, knockdown threes, man. I, they're, they're, they're really like, – I love the Jay Crowder pickup. I mean, that's like a silent jam. I love it. That's Dude, I'm telling you, Jay Crowder and Jeff Green. Because at the end of the games, when it comes down to the nitty-gritty, you're going to have IT, you're going to have Wade, you're going to have Braun. You're going to have Jeff Green and you're going to have Kevin Love. And you can either substitute Green for Jay Crowder because they're kind of like the same type of player. And then, like, you know, what sucks is that you're going to have some games to where you're going to have Green and Crowder out there and you're going to have Love on the bench. I mean, like, you know, that's right. what you're going to need. Because Jeff Green, I mean, I don't, I don't think people really – like, he's a, he's a really, really good defensive player as well. Like, he's extremely long. He's not really like a rim protector, but he can, you know, go out there and he can, you know, protect the rim from time to time. Uh, like last night, like, yeah, like a pretty, uh, uh, like, you know, solid, you know, shot block. You know, he's six foot nine. He's like about 240 or so. So 
Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, again, like right now, like the Warriors are just a fucking cheat code. When you can go like, well, what they go like 11 and 1 without Steph, Steph comes back, drops 38. It's like, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, a, right. that's a cheat code of a team. But I think that the Cavs are better equipped right now with this defensive lineup to go against them, you know, when part four does happen in June. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Demario. Well, it is twenty eighteen here. We've seen almost halfway through of this NBA season. Um, you know, you myself, we talk hoops every day in the summertime. We set expectations, predictions. Uh, but it is twenty eighteen here. So, <clears throat> with us getting into this second half, uh, so to say, in the All Star, um, how about some teams, man, are, are that you're uh, either surprised by? Or- yeah. Uh, you know what? A team that I'm extremely interested in watching right now to kind of see what they're going to do uh is the philadelphia 76ers you know right now i think they're like one or two games out from that eighth seed uh they're getting back markel fultz uh you know joel when he does play in my opinion is the most skilled and a top tier player ben simmons ben is a very ben is a very uh what's the word I get flustered when I watch Ben play because I see his talent more than he sees it. And there's some games to where he has like eight assists, nine rebounds. Joel is not playing and he has like four shots in the total in the whole game. And he has, and he's taken one shot in the whole second half. And I'm like, Ben, like you shoot 80% of your shots are at the basket. Everybody knows where you're shooting, yet you're shooting the highest percentage at the basket in the league, even a higher percentage than LeBron. But yet, sometimes he just isn't aggressive enough for me. So hopefully with Markel Fultz coming back, uh, you know, and hopefully, you know, that he's injured, he can help out with that second unit and with some more of like the natural scoring. I'd also like to see, you know, Philly go out at the break and try to get somebody. I'm not really sure. You know, who's going to be free, obviously. I mean, that's something that's going to, you know, be unfolded in the next couple of weeks. But I'm really interested in Philly. I'm also interested, uh, you know, in the New York Knicks as well. Uh, Porzingis, he's kind of cooled off, you know, after an extremely hot start. Uh, but, you know, I like both those teams uh, in the East. And in the West, man, you know what? This team has had so many injuries, but they're right there. The Los Angeles Clippers, again, you know, I'm a little bit of a homer for them. You know, they are my L.A. team who I do cheer for uh, right now. You know, again, they're similar, uh, you know, the 76ers. You know, they've had so many injuries. Like, I think within, like, a week, they lost Patrick Beverly. They lost Blake. I mean, they lost everybody. It's like, I mean, what do you know? It's the Clipper curse, you know. But at the same time, they're 17-9. and Uh, Doc Rivers' son, Austin, has been balling. Lou Williams is damn near looking like an all-star out there. And they somehow managed to stay above float. And, you know, they're right there at that 17 and nine. And also the Pelicans, you know, they're 18 and 18. You know, they're right there. Uh, You know, they have the two best big men, in my opinion, in all of basketball playing. But they just don't have any shooters. Like somehow if you could morph, if you could morph like the Pelicans and, you know, just I don't know any team with shooters. Like it just sucks. Like sometimes I watch the Pelicans and it's so difficult because it is. Yes. Because, you know, you'll have like Davis that'll kick it back out. And then Drew Holiday just flanks the shot. Rondo never been able to shoot. You know, it's just a very, you know, it's a very shitty situation. And I'm interested to see how Houston plays without James Harden. You know, 
you know, him, I mean, two weeks is two weeks, but you know, it's going to be interesting because Houston was rolling, looking extremely good. I mean, I've definitely, one of my biggest, um, impress great impressions to me one of the teams is, is definitely Houston um and, and I kind of actually set this expectation uh you know, even the offseason when they got Chris Paul like look this team could maybe take 60 games at the, you know at the most um and they're right there man I really think they need to take that number one seed get their home court advantage against Golden State um but they're 26 and 9 right now uh as of today um they are you know doing that without Chris Paul for majority of their season. If you think about this, you know, just Chris Paul's missed about oh, a little under half of the games at this point um, and, and the season for them. Now it's James Harden. And you know, you know, the whole thing with Chris Paul it had me thinking, I'm like, you know what? I wonder if, you know, Daryl Morey, their front and saying, Hey, you know what, Chris, you, you've been injured before. Um, if they're over exaggerating, you know, cause it was a couple leg injuries they sat him out. They know there's a whole season left, a lot of, a lot of rest in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's just milk the shit out of some rest for Chris Paul. Let's let's get you set up for, you know, perfect, healthy playoff time, which is fine. But you have Trevor Reza, Eric Gordon. I mean, these guys are just pulling up. It's not like they're just feeding off James Harden all the time. They're just drilling up the court, pulling up, and, and busting threes down. And it's Correct. I, it's something, you know, just watch them on Christmas Day against the Thunder. It was incredible because it was one of the first times I really got to see the Houston team kind of sink in. Uh, you know, P.J. Tucker is a scrappy defender. can knock down the three. Um, but I'm definitely, uh, you know, I guess I shouldn't say not too impressed because I had the expectation from the kind of take 60 games. But I like the way that they're playing without Chris Ball for half the season. Um, yeah. I mean, I like their team a lot. They're one of the teams that it just seems like whenever I sit down uh, – you know, to watch basketball, it seems like they're always on TV. <laughs> I'm like, damn, yeah, you're on TV again. Okay, hey, you. So, you know, I mean, it's pretty cool that I'm able to, you know, watch them. And, and like, I love, uh, you know, I mean, I love, like, what I love about their team is that, just like you said, like, they're out there just playing, man. Like, they're, like, the, like the beautiful thing about a McDantoni system is that he's not going to be mad at you for taking a shot. He's not going to be made a true for taking right, a dumb right. shot. He's not going to – he's going to let you play basketball. And, like, that's a system that I would love to thrive in. It's just so much fun. It's up and down the court. And at the same time, they're also locking up and playing defense because Trevor Ariza plays really good defense. Clint Capello plays really good defense. Yeah, James, James Harden is actually playing really good defense this year. He's not, you know, Gary Payton or anything, but he's actually playing, like, really good defense. And just like Steph uh, Curry last year when he was stepping it up a lot – I can give James Harden a lot of respect and be like, yo, like you're stepping it up a whole lot. You know, you're, you know, you're playing much better defense. I just think that James Harden, I mean, you know, prior to his injury, he's just locked in. Like he's, he's like Kobe 05 to 07 offensive good right now. Like and, and the, the great thing about him, I think a lot of uh, some TNT crew covered this um, or ESPN is the fact that he's making his teammates better. It's not, yeah. you know, hey, let's just throw up 100 shots from, you know, downtown, and just pull up and wreck on everybody. But it, he's making his teammates better, man. And I think that's the most amazing part about the evolution about this game. People need to realize, like, it's not just about him being a superstar player, but he's making his teammates better. Uh, you know, it's so damn Lillard if you're watching. <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know, it's those guys like, that make a difference. Players like Dame Lillard, uh, Russell Westbrook. Um, and I love Dame. I Carmelo, <laughs> CJ McCollum. Uh, 
you know, DeMar DeRozan. Like, those are players that, like, I just don't like watching play. Like, I mean, like, I don't know. I just – I don't know. I just don't like watching those players play. I mean, like, they're the kind of guys – so we're like, you know, you go to L.A. Fitness and it's like the game up to 15. And every time you get the ball, like you're sh- no matter what, uh, you can have six defenders on you, seven defenders. You can have the fucking USSR. Or, yeah, like it doesn't matter. You're just going to shoot, shoot, shoot. And I'm like, fuck, man, you don't want to make anybody better. And like I feel bad even, you know, saying DeMar because DeMar has actually like, you know, made his players a little bit better. But I mean, I even watched like last night, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, you know, game versus Portland. And literally it was dame would do his dame thing boom kick it over to cj cj would do his cj thing boom it was no like teamwork it was no like i mean you honestly would have thought that it was like you know five on two right you know they got the ball they do their iso ball you know they you know chucking up these wild ass shots and i'm just sitting here like damn man you know and there was a and like what's funny is there was a point of the game where they started to make a comeback and they actually were passing it and they had had like, you know, like a few makes on like, you know, seven or eight assists or something like that. And like, I'm just like, it works. It works. You know, like team basketball works, man. You know, you watch the Warriors play and obviously the Warriors are a cheat code. Like, you know, but you watch the Warriors play. You're like, wow. like still efficient basketball. You know, it's it's so, I mean, you watch this, like the Spurs have been depleted all year, right? The Spurs have been without their, you know, their, you know, fake superstar all year. (laughs) The reason why I say a fake superstar you're not a superstar if your team doesn't miss a beat without you. Like, I don't care. Like, you're just not. Like, you know, his team went 17 and, I mean, 18 and 9 without him or whatever. Like, you know, and it's crazy because people are like, or, you know, people, you know, including myself after last year, I'm thinking like, wow, okay, Kawhi might be in that same conversation. No. If LeBron is not on Cleveland Cavaliers right now, that team is a lottery team. Right. Like, Kawhi Leonard, his team was – Playing, I mean, his team would have won 50 games without him. That's not a, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's different levels to, you know, being a superstar or something. Like, you know, he's he's not like on that, you know, you remove this guy or you insert this guy. You know, he's not the guy, you know, oh, yeah, you know, put him on the 76ers. Will they win X final games? Well, I don't know. Put LeBron on the 76ers, they're in the finals. So, right, right. You, know, it's, you know, it's different. Yeah, and one of the things, actually, the one of the teams that, you know, kind of throw out disappointment there, not so much of a disappointment, but – Definitely needs a stronger 2018. The Washington Wizards. Um, I feel that they're at a point, and especially in John Wall's career, uh, Bradley Beal's look a bit better too. They're at a point to really kind of make, take that next step. And I know last year they they forced the game seven. Um, you know, lost to Boston. Uh, it was a f- you know a long uh, fought hard in that series, but at the same time, uh, you know, I feel like they should be that Toronto Raptors team this year where. Hey, instead of being twenty-one and sixteen, how about me and twenty-five and ten? How about hanging around with Cleveland, Boston, uh, and taking that next step? You know, instead they're hovering around with Detroit, the Detroit Pistons, the Milwaukee Bucks, the young Milwaukee Bucks. And I feel like John Wall. I love John Wall. I think he, you know, he's one of my favorite point guards, you know, of all time. Um, but just seeing him being able to take that next step, so a little bit of a disappointment for them. Um, you know, I, I know they're, they're, able to, they're able to beat quality teams, but just getting in there and beating some of the you know, below 500 teams that they should be beating and winning games against, that's probably been their biggest problem this season. Uh, but I, I really feel like if, if they really want to take a next step in your career, go ahead and take out, you know, get up there with the, with the top three in the East and um, kind of hang around with Toronto. I mean, like you said earlier, I, Toronto was another little surprise for me. I didn't expect them to really kind of, hang around top three, but 
Um, they're kind of like the Clippers, man of the West. Now it's like you guys do kind of good in the, the play, uh, the regular season, become playoffs time. Where's the Kyle Lowry's offense and his jump shot? DeMar just, DeRozan is they're so, so bad. They're so bad come playoff time. I haven't seen a like they really like disappoint me. Like I get really upset come playoff time because like I know how good this team can be. Like I know how good Kyle Lowry can be. Like that's like shout out to Gabe. That's Gabe's like favorite all-time player. Gabe always drafts me. <laughs> oh, you know, like I know how good Kyle Lowry can be. I know how good Demar can be. I know how right. good Serge can be. But again, like that's a. I often wonder, like, that's a team to where it just no identity, like no leadership. Like it's like, are you gonna let Demar and Kyle play? I mean, Kyle play like their ISO ball. Or are you gonna try to feed? See, I mean, like. Their team is easy because I've watched some of their games and it's the fourth quarter and Serge has one shot or two shots and they really haven't established that identity. The best time that I always see, I'm sorry, uh, the best games for Cleveland Cavaliers is when they start off like love early. Like when they get love going in like, you know, the first quarter and love has like eight, nine points. Those are the games, the games when, the games when, uh, you know, Clay Thompson has 12, you know, at halftime or something like that. The game where Clint Capella has like eight offensive rebounds and uh, Trevor Ariza has like 15 at the half. Those are the games that Houston, Cleveland, Golden State, those are the games where they flourish because Steph's going to get 30. KD's going to get 30. LeBron's going to get 30. Like those are like those are givens, you know, but getting those other players you know, started and getting those motors revving. I just don't see that with like the Raptors. Like I see like either DeMar is going to have a big half or Kyle's going to have a big half and you rarely get surge or, you know, you rarely get, uh, you know, I mean, every now and then CJ miles have 15 at the half. Cause I'll pick him up on fantasy and he'll like have like seven threes for me, you know, <laughs> but right, besides right. that, I'm just kind of like, uh, you know, it's a very, you know, it's a very confusing team to watch. Right, right. And also for 2018, uh, DeMar, I'm rolling with, uh, you know, I really like what's going on with the Thunder lately. Uh, you know, they, they recently won six straight games, uh, you know, recently lost to the Bucks at the end of that win streak. Um, but they've kind of stepped up ever since, you know, the end of the year here. And we had the question. They listen about, to our podcast. podcast. They listen to our podcast. Yeah, we've been oh. talking about this the whole time. We're like, you know, we dogged him pretty hard on that podcast. Um, we really didn't dog him. What we said but, was you know, truth. Like, it was – like it was no fiction in the podcast. And since then, <clears throat> I'm sorry, they're actually playing team basketball. Like, like they're playing, like they're doing, they're doing things like that's for instance, uh, like you know, everybody knows I'm a New York Giant fan. And like everybody's like, you know, like our new hire for GM Gettleman, everybody's like, oh, he's he, you know, he's doing all the right things. I'm like, no, he's he's not doing all the right things. It's just that we've been doing things bad for so long we think that when a guy is like hi chevy how's your day oh demario's nice no i'm just being like like, that's what people are supposed to do like you have a child you're supposed to you know put a roof over your child's head you're supposed to put clothes on its back you're supposed to you know provide them with love like those are common sense so right right what the um you know oklahoma city thunder you know, like when they went on that little, you know, uh, winning streak before they got screwed over against the Bucks, people were like, oh, they're no, this is what you're supposed to pass the ball when you have three on one on a fast break and not chuck up a three. 
Like, you know, you're supposed to take smart, efficient shots, Russell Westbrook, uh, Carmelo. You're supposed to play defense. Like, that's what you're supposed to be doing. It's not like they're doing anything out of the ordinary, but they've all just taken better shots. My biggest thing with them is that they take such bad shots, like ill-advised. You know, you you come down, it's iso, 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 dribble, dribble, dribble. Now it's five, four, three, two. Let me just pull up and just take this ill-advised three, and I'm shooting 30% from three. And I think like the, one of the biggest things I saw was everybody looked a little bit more comfortable taking their shots because they went in. We had Carmelo taking some of his turnaround jumpers on the block that we saw in New York a lot of that he would just be money on. He had caught the ball, turn around, boom. Uh, Paul George, his face just lit up with how open he was, knocking a couple of threes. Um, so I saw a lot of that um, from them. And then, you know, Russ was doing his thing. He, you know, he was the guy that wants to take the big shot. He tied the game against the other uh, Milwaukee Bucks last week. Um, you know, so, I mean, I, I really like the direction they're going. Again, another team is an upward swing there and kind of being the team that we want wanted them to kind of be and also see um, at the end of the day. Um, but I think it gives them a good shot at at least keeping some Paul George trade rumors quiet and at least kind of keeping him, you know, happy. At least they're winning. Um, but, yeah, they look pretty – and, look, like you said, the East is a little bit more – uh, I guess if you want to say a little bit more tougher because everyone's over 500, but, you know, in the Western Conference, you know, Oklahoma City are, are 20 and 17, man, right now as we record this, and they're in the fifth spot. I mean, for them to make a little nice run, get a good, you know, a six, seven-game win streak going on again, you jump yourself back up to maybe the third top four, which we expected this team to be. Um, so then you fulfill expectations, right? So, and then, by the way, the, the uh, top three, the Russ – Paul and Melo are starting to shoot a little bit more into the mid forties, and that's making a big difference for that team. <clears throat> I think that they just need—they uh, just need to think a little bit more. Like with Russell Westbrook, with a guy with his motor, and like you know, a guy who's <clears throat> you know plays with so much passion, and like you know, every now and then he'll have just like that. Like, why the hell did you do that? Like, you know, like. You weren't for like, you know, because you and I just feel like just slowing down just a very, very tad bit and just right. thinking. And I feel like that that's what they've been doing recently. And, you know, it's, you know, worked wonders. Absolutely. All right, DeMar, the 2018 All-Star Game is headed your way in L.A., sir. Um, voting has begun. So uh, at least with this show, we'll go ahead and uh, just drop in our top five picks from the East and West so far. Early predictions or you know, thoughts based on the season so far. Um, how's your Western Conference looking so far? You know, my West is, you know, I mean, it's kind of like the usual suspects. You know, you have Steph, Harden, Durant, AD, and Cousins. Like, I mean, they've all just been balling. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, what DeMarcus and, and like, Davis are doing together like DeMarcus is playing defense I mean they look oh man I wish that like this was like 08 Rondo with them you know just a little bit better version of Rondo I wish Drew had a jump shot uh you know I wish they had a little bit more shooters uh they're in my opinion the two best big men you know in basketball like right now like Joel is like right there but Joel is just you know he's a walking you know injury prone guy and I love him to death I really want to see his career blossom but damn that guy scares me it seems like every time 
he falls or every time he like he gets the ball in the post and gets hit the wrong way. I'm like, fuck, man. It's like a baby soft spot. You're just so, <laughs> you know, you're so scared. But yeah, you know, I mean, Steph Curry has the luxury of being the greatest shooter to ever live. And he also happens to play with one of the greatest scoring threats ever. So like in a very crazy way, Steph Curry, who can score with the best of them, happens to be like a number two in a situation with Kevin Durant. So could you imagine that? Like, it's like Kevin Durant is like your number one, obviously. But then you got Steph Curry as your number two, who, who's always open because Kevin Durant is the number one. Like, I mean, James Harden again, like right now, you know, is my current MVP. That's probably going to change because he's going to be out for two weeks. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's like kind of like my lineup. Um, I don't really see that, you know, changing. I feel like those are the five best players, you know, out in the very, very mighty and competitive West. I mean, that's how competitive the West is when you have Russell Westbrook, who's your reigning MVP, who is playing, you know, good, but he's not playing as great as he was. And, you know, Steph just kind of came right in and took that spot. I I would tend to agree with that uh, for the most part here, Um, you know, and kind of looking at some close – potential snubs from a starting position at least. Um, maybe, maybe Paul George, uh, Draymond Green. But, I mean, again, you know, the way that, uh, you know, I guess AD and Cousins are playing, they're playing some great basketball. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns will be a factor in there, I'm sure, for the reserves. Um, absolutely. I think I think we can can agree with that. Western Conference so far. It's just so it's so much though. The Western Conference is so stacked, man. Um it's, it's, so it's a lot. It's a lot. How about your Eastern Conference? How how you rolling beyond well, you LeBron know, James? You know, my Eastern, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean I went back and forth. I have Kai, I have Damar, uh, LeBron, Giannis, and uh Kevin Love. Kevin Love, in my opinion, is playing his best basketball, his most efficient basketball. Uh, you know, he's, you know, currently actually, like, believe it or not, he's 10th in the league right now in PER. He's averaging, you know, 20 and 10. He just goes out there. And like I said earlier, he he's finally playing comfortable. Like he hasn't averaged 20 points in his whole tenure in Cleveland, right? Like his first year, he was 16. The next year he was 16. Last year he was 19. But he's finally back to like, play, like he's smiling a lot more. Uh, you know, uh, his three-point percentage is up to 41%. He hasn't shot 41 since 2010, 2011. I mean, he's just shooting much, much better. His field goal percentage is at 47%. He hasn't shot 47% since, again, 2010, 2011. Like, he's back to really, really playing uh, Mm -hmm. basketball. He's back to playing happy basketball. You know, like when you're pissed off and you're playing versus like when you're happy. Like you would have thought that the Cavs won the title last year because the way he's playing is like, I can breathe now. But uh, yeah, I mean, he's balling extremely hard. Uh, sucks that I don't have him on my fantasy team. It's just like this year. This is like the first year in years I don't have him. Uh, of course, <laughs> of course, you know, Giannis. I mean, what can he? I think he's averaging like 30, 10, and four. I mean, he's, uh, you know, he's out there. You know, he's out there balling. What I would like to see the Bucks do is I would like to see them kind of split up um, him and uh, – what's the hell is that kid's name they just picked up from the Suns? I'm, I'm blanking hard. Bledsoe. I would like to see him and Bledsoe kind of – I would like to see them let Bledsoe take a part of the second unit 
and kind of like, you know, put Giannis on the bench to kind of, cause I like like what they're doing together, but I just feel like they could be a little bit more efficient and effective to kind of do what Cleveland's going to do and have LeBron start off resting in the second and then have an IT to kind of give Bledsoe his own identity with the second unit. Uh, but again, I mean, Giannis is out there balling like crazy. Uh, of course, you know, LeBron, Kyrie, you know, you really don't need anything. And, and like, you know, I picked DeMar over uh, Depot, like just for the fact because, you know, Washington, I'm sorry, just for the fact that um, uh, the Raps have gotten hot over the last couple of games. Uh, like prior to, I want to say like two weeks ago or so, I had Depot in that spot. You know, Indy, they're right at 19 and 18. And, you know, Toronto is right at 25 and 10. I couldn't ignore, you know, winning basketball. Uh, the Raps are eight and two uh, in their last 10 games. And Indiana has kind of tanked the back. And, you know, they're, you know, three and seven. So I had to reward that. But, you know, DeMar and Depot have both played extremely, extremely well. And shout out to Victor Oladipo. He definitely will be all-star this year. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely agree with that there. And that's one, one of my picks here, too, is, you know, kind of juggling between with the guards. I definitely think Kai is going to hands down doing this thing with the Celtics, but, you know, the other guard was Depot, DeMar, uh, you know, maybe thinking about John Wall, but he's not really looking as great as he was last year. Um, but just like you said, I'm, I'll, I'll roll with DeMar for that position right now. Uh, but Oladipo should be an all-star hands down, the, what he's doing and, and what he, he's been able to keep Indiana in the hunt there um, in the playoffs. Uh, of course, it's not, you know, an all-star game with LeBron James, Daddy Braun. Braun, shout out to Braun there. Uh, Giannis, I agree with, and I, at least kind of having some kind of traditional big man, I guess you could say in today's league, I, I think it's really hard to, to not pick Kevin Love for this consideration here. Um, and, you know, in this position as you know, other front court player, uh, maybe Embiid, um, as a reserve, but I think Kevin Love deserves this year so far based on his play. Um, Chris Stavis, Przingis, perhaps, but like you said, he's cooled off a little bit. so kind of going into these next few weeks. We'll see how he kind of performs. But I think Kevin Love, man, for sure, we'll have two Cavaliers in the starting lineup there um, going forward. Um, yeah, yeah, Kevin Love's Kevin Love ball. You know what I'm interested to see? I'm interested to see if the Cavs – well, what sucks is that, uh, you know, the Clippers, they started to ball. Because I was hearing that chatter, like the DeAndre Jordan for that, uh, like, you know, Brooklyn Nets pick. But I'm interested to see – if the Cavs make that push for like a pick, getting like a DeAndre Jordan who can, you know, who can run and you know, you kind of move back Kevin Love to his natural position. So it's going right. to be interesting because right now, I mean, we all know what we're lined up for. We're, you know, Golden State, Cavs part four. And right now, Golden State, they're just a better team. And I think that the Cavs know that. But at the same time, the Cavs are in a weird position because uh, I think they know that LeBron has the keys and LeBron can decide hey, I want to come back and I want to play with that top 10 pick and I want to play with Isaiah Thomas. And right. cool, you know, or LeBron could be like, fuck you guys, I'm going to Houston. And then they trade that top 10 pick. And then Isaiah's like, well, I'm not going to resign and then love. And then you're stuck with just Kevin Love and Isaiah Thomas with a bad hit. <laughs> so it's a very... Because here's, yeah. I mean, here's what sucks. I, I mean, ultimately, here's what sucks. This team with LeBron NBA Finals, this team minus LeBron and you still keep Kevin Love and Isaiah Thomas, like, they might win 40 games. Like, that's just like – it's like the LeBron effect. You know, like, these players are all good because there's so much focus on this one particular player. But if that one player leaves and now you have, 
okay, Isaiah Thomas, you know, you're the leader and Kevin Love's the number two. Yeah, you know, you'll win 40, 42 games. You know, they'll kind of be like a little less than like the Raptors. You know, they'll kind of be like that fourth to fifth spot, maybe first round exit, maybe get to the second round. So it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, what the Cavs do, uh, you know, over these next couple of months. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Well, DeMar, that uh, should wrap up our show here. Uh, Once again, the first episode 2018, lots more to come. We'll have some other guests join us here throughout the tenure of the season. And um, last but not least, any shout-outs for 2018? Man, you know what? Like, just shout-out to the NBA's young players. Uh, You know, uh, Donovan Mitchell, you know, Ben Simmons, uh, Kuzma, uh, you know, even Lonzo. You know, I mean, he started to kind of come around, you know, before, you know, his little injury that he had. But, you know, as like an NBA fan, you know, nothing's greater than when you see all these uh, fresh young talent. You know, they all come in and, you know, they're balling hard. You know, like Miles Turner, Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, Gabby Harris, Chris fucking Dunn, you know, like, you know, John Collins. Like, there's a lot of good, good young talent. And Kareem a few weeks ago had said that he believes that the NBA is the like the sport or the, or the game of the future. And I'm 100 percent. I believe. Absolutely. In it. You know, I believe in it 100%. I feel like that, like, the NFL has become so, like, like almost like a negative. It's become, like, fuck, so political, so, like, it just seems like everything is, like, forced down our throat. Well, well, he's, look at his cleats. Oh, my God, let's make a big deal about his cleats. Or look at his jersey. Or look, and in the NBA, we're out here just living our best life. Everybody's having fun. Everybody's playing. Uh, there's so much young talent. There's OGs in the league. Uh, so, yeah, man, just shout out to, you know, my favorite, you know, sport to watch, you know, my, you know, NBA, all my homies and stuff. You know, I'm just so excited to see uh, all these beautiful games night in and night out. So, yo, shout out to all the youngsters. For sure, for sure. And, yeah, at the end of 2016, I said, you know what, the NBA is, is starting to hit a peak, and that peak doesn't seem like it's going to stop at this point. Um, so, yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. I, I love the fact that it, it is definitely the sport I love the most. Um, my shout out first of all for first twenty of first of all for twenty eighteen is um actually shout out to the Ball family shout out to Big Bola Burn. Um, I came a long way from you know not wanting to talk much about Levar early uh, last year <laughs> to now you know I'm a, I'm a big Levar Ball fan I'm a big Baller Brand fan I need to go cop a shirt love the show man the show gives you hey, look man I don't watch much reality shows but I know enough to you know to say you, you get a little bit of, of the real, you know, you get the, the positive morale that uh, LeVar is trying to build within his family in, in his unique way. Um, but he keeps family first. Um, and I think a lot of people miss that, you know, within the media, of course, the media wants to blow over everything. And that's the one thing I got from that show. It, it wasn't, Hey, let's create some, you know, fake drama. I mean, you know, the girlfriends kind of get in and talk about the players, you know, Jello and, oh, I'm going to miss them, this nonsense. You, know, you have to have that in a reality show. But um, when it comes down to, to the morale that he kind of sets off, it's, yeah, it's a little over the top. Here's a Lamborghini, son. Everybody come around. This is what you get when you work hard. But here's the I thing. Here's the thing. White people have been doing that for years, and it's okay. For years, see, here's my – I have like a, I go back and forth with the LeVar <laughs> thing because 
for years, you know, there's there's no present black fathers. African-American fathers aren't present. Uh, you know, it's all these single mothers, single mothers, single mothers. By the way, shout out to single mothers because there's a, a lot of single mothers who are black, who are white, who are every single race. But for some reason, black dads get this very bad. So you finally have an African-American dad. Okay. Like, let's say we finally have one that's present. And then it's a guy like LeVar. And LeVar kind of has like that Kanye West personality, right? It's a personality that you love to hate. But when you really scale back and look at what LeVar is doing as a whole, as a whole, I think that 20 years from now, we're going to look at LeVar in a whole new light. Because what is like, is he doing anything that's different than Nike? No. Is he doing anything that's different from UCLA? USC is still getting money off Reggie Bush. And Reggie Bush is banned from the school. He's banned. He, he can't even step foot on campus. But yet, Reggie Bush is still on the pamphlets. That's how they still recruit players. Because that's, you know, that's what they do with these you know, African-American players. Is Yeah, okay, everybody else says free education, free education. But you're making billions. Billions. So all LeVar is really doing is showing his sons how to be self-made CEOs, how to be self-made billionaires. That's true. You know, but yet white America hates that because this is something that only white people, like we're only used to white people doing this. This isn't a black thing. It's like, for instance, uh, like, you know, all my drama that I went through last year, like I would be talking to like a reporter and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm about to go have uh, lunch with my dad. And they would be like, oh, you're, oh, your dad. Oh, you, oh, you have a dad. <laughs> And you're, and it's so funny because like white people and I always, and like, yeah, I just say it well, like, you know, I mean, I mean, it is what it is. They're sometimes they're so blunt with their ignorance to where you're like, yeah, my dad, like, do you think I, I, I just came out the pussy? Like, do you think that I just <laughs> like, what the fuck do you like? Oh no, 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 no. I mean, you said your dad and you're like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, man. Well, uh, enjoy that lunch. It's like, fuck do you think that we like you know it's a very so when you have a father like labar who's present and who has this who has this uh you know different personality but in reality he's doing nothing he's doing nothing that you know johnny menzel's dad or all these other fathers who have positioned their children you know to win and to win big and you know i mean it sucks that he has that personality that you hate you hate, you hate, you hate, and then you kind of kind of step back and love it. But, you know, I'm Team LeVar. You know, I'm interested to see how he does with his league. I'm interested to see how players respond to him. I'm interested to see how current NBA players respond to him. Because I think that current NBA players, they get it. They know, like, all these scandals were – like, there, it's no coincidence that all the scandals were Rick Patino and all these schools that we know for years. We know – we all know this, you know. It's no coincidence that that happens and, and then LeVar presents this. It's no coincidence. Like, LeVar is a very, very smart Absolutely. man. Absolutely. Very smart man. Yeah, man. Shout out to the Ball family, Big Ball of Brand. Catch him on the uh, the Facebook video, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's one of my favorite shows now. Can't wait to every Sunday. Um, but beyond that, uh, that will be our first episode of 2018. Shout out to everybody listening. We'll catch you guys on the flip side. Peace.